What's good, everybody? Welcome to episode 20 of the Speak My Peace podcast. I am the host with the most, Greg Lacey. Before we kick anything off, we're going to start this episode off kind of on a somber note. Um, There has been reported another shooting, another mass shooting, this time in Thousand Oaks, California. That's part of SoCal, uh, the Ventura County region. If you don't know anything about, um, if you don't have no idea what Thousand Oaks is, there hasn't been too much information released because literally as I'm recording this podcast, the news just broke. So I didn't get to read too much upon it, but I do want to extend my condolences to and my and extend my thoughts and prayers to the family of the victims of those. Um, and let's get a moment of silence for them. I'm not going to speak too much upon it right now, but I will get into a little bit of it, you know, like what's causing this just crazy stuff going on. But before I kick off this episode, something I missed out on last week that I was beating myself out, beating myself up about was uh, welcoming my listeners. I don't know why I didn't do it last week. I guess I was in so much of a rush and you guys probably noticed it if you listen to the last episode that 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 episode, I was kind of talking a lot. I was talking fast. I mean, so. Before I kick this off, I want to say thank you to my listeners. Thank you to everyone listening on Apple, Google, SoundCloud, or any other um, any other podcast and app, however else you're listening to this. I appreciate you guys for listening. I tell you guys this every week. I'm not just saying it to say it. I'm saying it because I actually mean it. If it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't keep going. So I thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys who have been spreading the word, getting other people to listen. Uh, I thank you to the, I welcome all the new people. Thank you guys for tuning in. Whatever brought you to this, I hope it keeps you here. I'm just very grateful. Thank all you guys. Now, to get into all the good stuff, you guys know that uh, it was election season. You guys, it's been basically shoved in our faces as far as registering to vote. And then it was on steroids the day of the election. Um, not the day of election, I'm sorry, the day of voting, which was yesterday, uh, November 6th. Now, I stated in previous episodes that I wasn't voting, and I gave like brief reasons why why I was deciding not to vote. And the reason why I never really got into it is just because, just because I feel, because for certain people, voting is, is very important. People take voting very serious and for some people it's just a it's a, a thing to do because everyone else is doing it because someone is telling you to do it people like to get into voting so for that reason for that reason well i'm saying why reason uh for that reason i never wanted to really get into why i just didn't feel like voting or why you know i didn't have to vote is because i didn't want to feel like i was spewing because i know a lot of times people they hear stuff and they allow that to, um, they allow certain people, certain people's opinion to affect how they think. And so I didn't want to be the type of person to be giving you guys some information just 
based solely on for how I feel and someone listening to this to take it and run with it and they feel like, you know, oh, because he's not doing it, because he's not doing it, I'm not gonna do it either. You know, for whatever reason, if you like I said in the last episode, whatever you feel good about, whatever is within your not even whatever then whatever is within your right. Whatever you feel is whatever meets your moral high ground, whatever meets your um expectant I guess expectancies in regards of what you are looking for within this country, then you take that. You follow your heart in those decisions. I never wanted to lead anybody astray from voting or lead anyone astray from government or anything like that because just because of how I feel. Now, me personally, I didn't vote. It's because not that I don't feel like my vote doesn't matter. It's because there's no reason for me to vote. I I know and a lot of people will hear that and they, and, they, and you feel some certain type of way, but that's just how I feel personally. Um, I know that you're not just voting on people, you vote on propositions as well. And that's great in law, but those propositions, while they do affect me, I personally didn't take my time out to read any propositions because it doesn't affect me in the, in the in the city that I'm registered to vote in. I don't live there. Um, I don't plan on living there for at least another year or two. And that kind of sounds selfish because I have family that live within the you know the counties that I'm registered to vote or whatever. But it's just me personally, I didn't feel the I had the need to vote. Also, feel like I didn't have the need to vote because of just how corrupt the politics are. Um, we've seen this countless a number, a countless amount of times where we have to have recounts. Not only because you know there were elections, who election results that were too close within each other. That's one of the reasons for a recount. But another reason for a recount is because people felt like they were cheated or something corrupt has, was going on within the ballot counting. So my thinking in that is no matter who we elect or who we want in office or in certain positions, there are higher powers than the popular or the general vote. Um, you know, just because we vote in a large, a large majority of people vote for certain people. I mean, uh, vote for a certain person just because they want that. It doesn't mean that that's not always what we're going to get, which is why we had the the um, the ballot scandal. And I believe it was in Florida a decade ago. And I believe we also had another one in Texas around that same time. I could be getting it wrong, but I know for sure that Florida was uh, the recount. It may have been like early 2000s and i believe another one happened in texas i could be wrong again and you may listen to this and you may say you know a decade ago technology wasn't as advanced as it is now to where the ballot count is different no because we just had an election two years ago to where you know that wasn't the ballot counting wasn't interfered with but as far as the election ads that was running um different type of messages that was being spewed that was uh, within our nation. They're always being interfered by a foreign country. So if a foreign country can do that, and they can, you know, run certain accounts and project certain messages or anything like that. I wouldn't put it past them to be able to interfere with electoral, or not even electoral votes, just voting. Um, this ballots, Italian of ballots, because America, while we are tech, techno, technologically advanced. We don't have the greatest security within our 
um, technology. So it's easy. I would say it's easy, but because of more other countries are more advanced than we are, are they more? They pay attention to more the like the cyber tech and all that stuff like that. I think they have more power over us in that regard as as it refers to interfering within like the tallying of ballots and certain things like that. And with all that being said, I just feel like as simple as if you feel like somebody moved you, if if you feel like a certain thing moved you, then you gravitate towards that. Me personally, I was not moved by anything and it's not because I was seeking out to be moved by anything. Well, I just simply was not moved by anything. I wasn't I didn't gravitate towards anything. Now, had 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 I have done you know, more extensive research on, you know, the, the candidates and the propositions and certain things that need to be changed within this country or people, uh, quote unquote, people felt that need to be changed within this country. And I probably would have felt a little gravitation towards a certain thing. But as I sit here right now, a day after election day, well, I keep saying election day. Um, well, I guess it is election day. Um, a day after the election, I, I, I wasn't moved by anything. So, for that simple reason, I didn't vote. Um, and those are uh, a lot of people are spreading a narrative that especially black people spreading. Uh, well, I wouldn't say black, especially a lot of minorities that spreading my, the, the narrative that, you know, it is your duty. It's your right uh, to honor your ancestors and vote, which, yeah, it sounds good if you want to, you know, evoke some type of uh if you want to evoke some type of emotion when saying that then yeah it sounds good obviously because if you bring up ancestors and with black people obviously you think about slaves um if you're anyone else you think of either migrants or you think about the the people that were uh within it that were the natives of this land first whether they are native american or whether they are um uh latin but with all that being said I also was not moved by the the narrative that you're letting your ancestors down because the stuff that my ancestors fought for, you know, while I'm extremely grateful for is not the same thing today. You know, people were being beat, people were being killed, people were being hung um, just so they couldn't vote because what they were voting for is to get certain people elected within offices because these certain people genuinely had some type of sympathy for the minority community because they noticed what was going on was not humane within this country. So my ancestors were fighting for getting certain people within the office so that the lifestyle lifestyle can change. And unfortunately for a lot of them, a lot of them lost their lives, a lot of them were injured, a lot of them lost their freedom because of what they were fighting for. We are not fighting the same fight as they were fighting back then. Um, the The government is a different evil than it was within the 60s and 70s just for the simple fact of you don't know what agendas people have you know you can and you in 2018 you can literally run a campaign spreading a certain message and you can get an office and do a whole 360 of what you what you were saying and what you were doing one thing about different from the 60s in 2018 is just being genuine you don't know what candidates are genuine and what they're in the information are spewing. You don't know the agendas they have. And a lot of people, you know, they are spewing certain information, but they are they are pushing a certain um, what am I trying to say? They are pushing a certain message, but they are aligning themselves with going back to what I was speaking about in the last episode. They are aligning or um, 
they're making alliances with people who are pushing certain agendas. So it's like if if you're pushing one agenda, but you are very close friends with pushing someone else pushing the opposite agenda, it's like who one of you guys don't believe in what you're actually pushing because there's no way in hell that and I'm not saying that you can't be um opposition to someone and I still, you know, be close friends with them because I don't believe in you know, not even as far as politics, just in life and period. Me and my friends all don't agree on the same thing. But as far as politics go, there's no way in hell you can be pushing a certain agenda or pushing a certain campaign, uh, a certain message, and still align yourself or be friends with someone who's pushing the complete opposite because literally that's your duty to to, to push, I mean, to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? To make action, to, 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 to have some type of action directly behind the message you're pushing. So for you to... Align yourself with someone who's pushing the opposite is a regression. Within saying all of that, I'm gonna keep circling back to the simple statement that I don't want to be the deciding factor in anyone. Well, I'm not gonna say I don't want to be the deciding factor, but I don't want to be the reason why people are straying away from voting. Period. It's because voting is something that this country holds a high regard. Voting is something that this country is seen very instrumental in the progression of this country. So. I don't want to be the person that's telling people not to vote or anything like that. But if you feel like my opinions is something that's helping you, you know, make certain decisions or if you're leaning a certain way or you want to walk on a thin line, you don't know which way to lean. And you feel like what I'm saying within this segment is helping you, you know, make a decision, then great. But I never want to be just the, the sole deciding the sole factor and the reason why you don't vote, because. Me doing that is just not helpful at all. I have my reasons. Um, other people have their reasons for not voting, but I never want to be like, you know, just don't vote, and then you out here not voting. You have no reason for voting. I never want to be that reason. But if you need, if you if you're leaning a certain way, and you, you know, you need a certain thing, or you know, you have certain questions, I'm all for having discussions. I'm I'm never going to shy away from having um, discussions, especially like helpful discussions, like in 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 that regards. Now, back to the statement that I believe is a higher a higher power at work within politics. What I mean by that statement is, yeah, you know, we we have the right to vote. We and for minorities, uh, we gained the right to vote. Yes, our votes help, you know, steer towards certain elected officials to put them in certain positions. But I just don't, and I don't have any proof on this because, as you guys know, the government is corrupt. So you can just guess. I mean, you can bet that politics is corrupt. But because the government is corrupt, I believe that those higher power, that higher power, whoever, whether it's a, it's multiple or it's just a singular, um, something is, is. More stronger than our votes in regards to putting certain people in position. Now you may hear this and you may say, "Well, if that's the case, then how did Obama get elected?" President Obama was the best person in his in his eight years of running. There was no one better than him. Whether he was black and people feared him because he had a, a Muslim last name. Or people felt like he was an uh, immigrant. Whatever the case is, he was the best person within his uh, 
when he was running within his election years. There was no one better than him. So you can't deny that. Now, I know what hurt this country. The, I'm not going to say this country. The majority of this country to put someone to elect someone black in office because they simply didn't want that. And I partially believe that's the reason why I, the presidency is the way it is now um, following, you know, him leaving. And I don't want to put the blame on Obama because it's definitely not his uh, it's not his fault. But I believe this what he had done, what he has accomplished sparked a lot of what's going on in this country now. But I, what I'm saying in that is he was so good that you just couldn't deny it. It was like basically we don't want to like, you know, African-American put African-American within his office. But it's like. Who, if we don't put him there, who else? And then it kind of worked out for whoever the higher power agenda is as well, because we put Obama in office in the time of um, George Bush had this country going down in a hole, and and it was a deep hole. So Obama spent the majority of his his pre, his presidential uh, his presidency trying to pull America out this hole. I think it may have took him. Six or seven years, mind you, he was elected for eight years. So that's just that just tells you how deep that. And I apologize for the signage in the background. That's what happens when you live in New York. Um, but anyways, that just tell you how deep of a hole that the Bush administration had dug us in, and not even just the Bush administration. Just prior, uh, the Bush administration, a little bit of Clinton, but his father was also putting this in the hole. But um. Obama tried his best to undo a lot of just negative the 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 decline that the the country was going th- going in. He tried to, his best to ascend rather than continue to decline. And now we are seeing a lot of that in the aftermath of him leaving. Because even though like even though he did get elected office when he was in office, I don't believe the house was. I, I think. Within this election, they said that the Democrats took back the House and the Republicans took the Senate. Or I'm saying it wrong. Um, the Democrats took the Senate and Republicans took the House. But I think the first way I said it is correct. But I think the, the stat that they had put out was that the Democrats haven't held the House within, I think, eight years. I'm not too sure about... the. Actually, I am sure. Um, the Democrats took the house for the first time in a decade. So if you think about a decade from today, which 2008, 2008 was the end of the Bush administration and the beginning of the uh, Obama administration. So you think about all that time that Obama was within, was within the office. He had a bunch of Republicans, a bunch of people who didn't really uh, like the ideas or certain things that, you know, that he was for within you know his administration. So with that comes when he tries to pass certain legislations or try to do certain things, a lot of people are blocking it for that certain reason that they just don't take to the ideas or they don't feel like the ideas or the the certain legislation and stuff that he's trying to get passed is important. So now that we have the Democrats in the House, it may be a little bit different. We don't know. Hopefully, we only have two more years of number 45. Um, I hope he don't get elected, re-elected. He may get re-elected. But as far as I know, we only have two more years of number 45. So with that being said, within these last two years of his presidency, 
the Democrats have the power to try to block certain legislations that he tries to pass. And you may listen to this and say, okay, how can you say all this positive stuff and still not vote? And what I feel with that is no matter what, you know, the president can make decisions on their own. But that now I don't know how to go on to because I was trying to to, uh, talk about something else. But I'm already here, so I might as well keep going. The president doesn't have the power to pass certain legislations or laws or anything on their own. But with this person being in the office, he has influenced a lot of people. And there's a lot of people that that like this man. There's a lot of people, a lot of elected officials that like this man. There's a lot of people that represent the Congress that like this man. So no matter if the Democrats take the House or not, they just don't have all the power to block everything that he's that he's been doing. Because there's a lot of shady stuff that's been going on within his presidency. And there's a lot of stuff that's been going on. It's like, how are they able to do this or how are they able to... To even think that they're allowed to do this um, And it's just simply Being as the There's a higher power at work here um, <clears throat> Again I'm circle back to say Don't let me be the deciding factor And you decide not to vote The vo- voting is over I mean they're going to come back around Another It's just November so another November is going to come by And then in two years there's going to be another Presidential election So I never want to be the reason to Straight people away from voting but I'm just giving you guys my, my thoughts here. Um, I'm kind of rambling on, and I feel like I'm missing a lot of key points in my decision. But this is just this is just my thing. It's off the top of the head and the reason why I just I didn't feel like voting. Um, you can shame me for it. You can talk about me for it. Wherever the case is, I really don't care. I'm strong enough. I've been through way worse than being called a name or being thought about in a certain way. So... It doesn't really hurt me. Um, I have tough skin. I was born that way. I was also raised that way. So if you feel a certain way, let me know. That's all I say. Within, within all this, if you feel a certain way toward, if, if you feel a certain way about me, just let me know. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't tell anyone else. Just let me know because I promise you I'm able to defend myself within every decision I make within my life. Um, another reason why I had to keep on spewing that I want to be deciding factor and people not voting is because I'm also um, I'm an older brother and I'm also an uncle. So there may be times that you know once my younger siblings are nieces and nephews, by the time you know they getting ready to vote, it may be very detrimental or it may be very instrumental. I should say I don't want to say detrimental because that's uh, negative. It may be very instrumental into the future that. They're going to have within this country And I may vote in the future I don't know Um, I told you guys the last time I voted was Obama And then simply because he was black But it was also just because I didn't get to vote in 2008 In 2008 I was 15 Yeah I was 15 I was obviously three years Removed from me being able to register to vote But because of how well that campaign was run and because I seen like how it affected, you know, people in my family, uh, people within my community, I felt like that's who I gravitated towards. So even obviously him being black played a large part in it, but also, also the the campaign that he was running was very, very genuine. Um, I think the campaign and I don't pay too much to uh, the presidential campaigns, but however, I can say that the campaign that Obama did orchestrate was very genuine um 
And, I, and that's one thing I do remember 15 years old, 2008, with the Yes We Can campaign. Um, it felt gen- very genuine. It didn't feel like somebody was just like, you know, hey, we're going to try to do this. Or, hey, you know, this country's been oppressed, but we can, you know, get better and certain things like that. Um, it was very genuine. So I felt like I had to vote for him just because I didn't get to vote for him the first time. And maybe it's a super reason to vote. Whatever the case is, I don't care, as I said before. But uh, I also have other reasons for him voting. Speaking on the same subject, as far as the Yes We Can campaign, that's another thing that I forgot to touch on, is that minorities in this country, that's one main reason that we feel like it's within our duty to vote, is because we have to see certain changes within this country. You know, we've been oppressed for so long that we want to see, you know, different things happen. And we want to see people who look like us within these positions because now that we have someone who look like us within this position, that they are allowed to implement change or even put a bug in people's ear to, to try to implement change on certain uh, ideas because they genuinely care for certain people of certain different graphics or certain backgrounds or things like that. So that's one main reason why we as minorities feel like it's important to elect, you know, people that look like us within the office and also just because we can't have you know for so long people who have been in the office and been in this position have been white men um white men don't relate to minorities white men don't relate to to immigrants white men don't relate to women um so with them being in those positions they are very oblivious to certain things that you know we made people of those backgrounds people that come from those that are within those certain groups they not only is it they have a lot of you know of course the the toxic masculinity within this country is very prevalent within that but they also just like we you can't have someone making decisions for those people who have no relation to those people they don't know the thought process of those people they don't know what the people deal with when they are uh go to sleep when they wake up they don't know what's going on within those communities because they are not out within those communities and not putting boots to the ground within those communities um so that, you know, that's enough, that's one main reason why we as minorities may feel like it's important to have you know people to look like us within those uh, positions. But me personally, once again, I don't feel like yes, I feel like it's great and it's great as far as progression as a country. But I feel like those people, just like Obama was, are also crippled with certain things, certain regulation, and certain laws from doing. A lot of stuff that they may feel it may help people to look like them. Um, while I feel like it's great to have them in there, I also feel like they're not going to be allowed to do everything that they want to do. They're going to meet a lot of, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, resistance. We we can't expect just because we have people that look like us that they are put in certain positions that they're going to be, you know, certain progression within this country. Those people are going to be met with a lot. When I say a lot, I'm putting a lot of emphasis on it. Those people are going to be met with a lot of resistance and certain things that you're going to try to push for. And aside from that, another reason why I felt like I was not moved towards, you know, voting just to get someone to look like me in office is just because this country has a race problem that 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 is forever that has forever been ignored so i think that we believe and it's and it's not wrong for us and to have these thoughts of hope that you know once we put certain people in certain places 
we're going to have sympathy, empathy, and progression within certain things because, you know, they relate to us. That sounds great, but we're still ignoring the fact that this country has a race problem and it's very prevalent today within this country because of who's in office and a certain type of people that he, the type, a certain type of flame that he's igniting. Um, once we, once this country decides to ignore, I mean, once this country decides to address this race problem, then maybe it'd be better. But we, we forever are shying away from it. They, not we, because I'm not shying away from shit. But they are forever shying away from it. They are forever, you know, bringing up other topics. Whatever they can do to to stay away from that. Whatever they can do to, I don't know why my phone is uh, doing that. I didn't say anything for this thing to be speaking to me. But um, whatever they can do to to stay away from that racial topic, they will do. So I think once that race topic is discussed and addressed, we have no problem politics. Because then we have people who in that that don't look like us who sympathize and empathize for people of certain color, people of certain religion, people of certain um, lifestyle. Um, and various other things that you know people are, are who are being oppressed. But once we have people who are who can openly discuss these topics, then I believe then it will be certain progression. Just putting people of those backgrounds and offers is not going this is not going to solve anything because no matter what, they are still going to have the answer to someone who don't look like them, who don't understand them. So that's one main. That's probably this year at least. Probably my one main reason why I just don't care for or I wasn't moved or gravitated towards Bolden is because no matter what, we're still ignoring the the main issue at call the main um yeah the main issue at um uh, not cause the main issue at at hand is that we have a racial problem that forever this country has ever been ignoring. Um, we had an opioid crisis back in the I think like 15, 16 centuries. Not within this country, but in like as far as dealing with, I think we had, I think it was Korea. Uh, I might be getting it wrong. Uh, if you're a history teacher and listen to me, please forgive me um, that I forgot what country it was dealing with. But there's an opioid crisis within certain countries going on within like the 15th or 16th century. Um, we had opioid crisis within this country decades ago, and now we're dealing with it again. And we're right on, you know. Addressing this opioid, opioid problem You know why? Because we have these kids In these suburban towns We have these kids that come from these well-to-do families Who are overdosing So now all of a sudden You know, we need to bring attention to it And now we have a crisis on our hand That we need to tackle However, when this opioid, opioid Problem was limited to Urban areas and ghettos and stuff like that No one was speaking about it which is directly related to race. You, whether you want to admit it or not, the reason why this opioid problem is prevalent in 2018 is because of the race it's affecting. If it was affecting a different race or it was limited to a certain type of demographic background, this opioid thing would not be deemed as a crisis. But because of the people that's been affected by it now, it's deemed as a, as a crisis. So I spoke a lot about this. I got a lot off my chest. 
I'm not gonna say I didn't want to speak too long about it because I did want to speak alone about it. I I was waiting for this episode to speak about it because I didn't want previous episodes to steer people in certain directions. But I had to get certain things off my chest and I had to let you guys know because I don't want you guys to think that I'm just out here not voting because the nigga's an idiot and whatever the case is. It's definitely not the case. I'm well thought on every decision I make in my life. Uh, I make I may make some stupid decisions, but I I thought about that stupid decision before I made it. Um. And before I even end that topic, I do want to say one thing I did see on Instagram. I seen it in 2016 a lot, and I see it now. That I guess people feel like it's within their right to post certain. And I'm saying this, and I'm not coming from a like I feel like I'm attacked or anything certain or a certain way. If you guys know me, you know I have tough skin. So, and a lot of people don't even know that I didn't vote, so I definitely wasn't addressed towards me. But just because of the people that it was addressed towards. Um, I have seen certain things on Instagram and Facebook that if you didn't vote, I mean, don't complain if you didn't vote. That sounds cute, but the shit is not true. Like, if you can't fight, then you can't tell me what to do. And it's as simple as that. I didn't vote, but I'm going to complain about whatever the hell I want to complain about. And if you can't shut me up, who are you to tell me what I can't complain about? And as far as I'm concerned, can't nobody shut me up. So... Like, yeah, that whole thing is cute to be on social media saying if you didn't vote, you don't complain. But if you can't fight, then you can't tell nobody what to do. And I'm the type of person that believe nobody can beat me up. So, and it, it's simple as that. You can't, if you don't have authority over me, if you don't have power over me, which I don't believe anyone does, you can't tell me personally what to do. Again, I don't, I didn't see anything on social media that was addressed towards me specifically. But I think it was a lot of stuff that was addressed towards people in general as far as people that didn't vote. And because I identify as one of those people that didn't vote as a citizen of this country who has the uh, freedom of free speech, I can complain about whatever I want. As someone who took oath uh, six years ago to serve and protect this country, literally, uh, granted, I didn't uh, deploy. I probably would never would have deployed within the, the job that I was in, but had something went down i would have had no choice but to deploy because i took that oath to serve and protect this country so for people to feel like they can spew out certain information or spew out this cute little stuff on social media saying that if you don't vote we complain it just sound idiotic but you know that's this is the world we live in people feel like they can say stupid stuff like that and not meet any uh resistance with that but i'm the resistance so keep that shit to yourself um what i'm gonna get on to next I guess a little bit about politics, but not really. But I just want to give a huge shout. I wish I knew the name of the cheerleader. But there was a... Uh, I seen a picture on Instagram that there was a cheerleader of the San Francisco 49ers this past weekend that kneeled during the national anthem. And she didn't receive a lot of backlash for it. A lot of, I guess, ABC News in San Francisco, they uh, had, like, basically were, like, after the game, you know... Talking to certain fans and stuff like that, and the majority of the fans were saying that they were they were happy that she took the knee. Um, they didn't have anything they didn't have anything negative to say about her gesture, which is great because San Francisco is also the same place that the the kneeling for the national anthem started. But huge huge shout out! Uh, let me give my round of applause for her. I wish I knew her name so I can say it, but I don't know her name. But let me get a round of applause for the cheerleader that. Took the kneel and a huge round of applause for the fans for accepting the kneel. (laughs) 
I said accept, but that's not the right language because you can't accept a protest. People are not protesting to be accepted. People are protesting to make change or anything like that. So I don't know why I said accept just now, but huge shout out to her um, once again. Another thing I want to get into that I saw on the news this past week as well was this incident where <laughs> this teacher in California was caught on video beating up the 16 year old boy. Basically, what happened within this? All right, so let me give you guys the background. I can't obviously I can't I can play the audio, but I can't play the background. Basically, what happened was it was a video release where there is a teacher in a in a music class who's trying to teach a lesson. When I guess something may have happened previous to the recording that they didn't catch on camera, but from what I, from what I heard from the student is in a video is basically that. He, someone in the class, or one of his friends, told him that the teacher called him up. Uh, I forgot what word he said. It may have been, I don't know. But basically, the the, the teacher called him some word that he didn't like. So, ba- so the student, sixteen year old student, is at the front of the class, pressing the teacher. If you don't know what pressing is, is basically, uh, damn. It's bad when you basically slang is kind of like a language where you can't explain <laughs> a certain term. Um, but basically, pressing is damn. The only other way I can explain it is pressing an issue. If you understand it, good. If you don't understand it, then you don't understand it. Uh, I probably can't think of another reason, but for some reason, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But basically, the sixteen-year-old student is pressing the teacher while the teacher is trying to is trying to teach, saying that you called me something. And it and the teacher is is disputing the claim, saying no, I didn't. And the dude, the the student is still. Mind you, this is a student who is not black, but is calling the teacher a nigga, saying you call me something nigga, you call me something nigga. And his whole time, his hand is on his is on his uh the the his waistband of his pants. If you don't really think about kids, especially at that age, or if you don't really think about just within certain communities, when you put your pants up. You getting ready for some type of action, whether it's fighting or whatever the case is. The the pulling your pants up is a universal sign of that I'm ready for some type of action. So this whole time, this kid got his hand on his waist with his pants, pulling them up, still pressing the teacher. The teacher walks away, goes to his desk. I I guess he goes to his phone. I don't know if he was calling like the authorities within the on the campus or someone else, but he had his phone in his hand, and the the student still pressing him. So this whole time, the student is pressing him, calling him a nigga. Mind you, the teacher is black. The student is it, and this whole time, the student is in his face. Throughout this whole altercation, the student is in the teacher's face, and the teacher is disputing the claims that he ever that he calls him whatever he's being accused of calling him. So the student is pressing him, getting more in his face, and eventually, the teacher socks him. Now I kind of feel bad. <laughs> For the kid because although he provoked it, he didn't put his hand on the teachers first. But because he was pressing this issue, it kind of provoked it. Like if I'm not someone who's in that type of position as far as like uh, teaching students or teaching the youth. But I'm just gonna say in the streets, if someone is in my face and they're pushing and they're pressing a certain issue, and I'm like trying to. You know, diffuse the situation. It's gonna come a certain time to where my instinct gonna kick in. It's like, all right, I told you no already. I didn't do nothing. 
But if you're gonna keep on pressing the issue, then we gotta fight. And that's just how I am. I in certain situations like that, I get anxiety because like, all right, now I'm not in, in control of the situation. So how am I gonna control the situation? I'm gonna beat you up. Now whether the teacher was right or wrong, that's up to you. Um, but anyway, the teacher socks him. Mind you, the whole time the the, the student is 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 trying to engage to a fight, but the teacher is not. He's not he's not letting up. It's like he's not trying to fight prior to him socking him. But this, the teacher is not letting up, even though the teacher is trying to engage in a fight. And we've all been in high school. We've all seen this type of thing before, to where it's just one badass kid who 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 just trying to put on the show. And sometimes you know it's authentic, and sometimes it's not authentic. What I mean by what I mean by that is I've been in high school. I've been in school with kids that that were bad as hell. That would do certain things like this in this certain instance, but they'd be ready for whatever comes afterwards. And the certain kids that would do certain things like this just to make it seem like, you know, basically it's just it's fugazi. Basically make it seem like, yeah, I'm hard or whatever to put on a show for students, but they're not ready for what comes afterwards. And this student definitely was not ready for what, what came afterwards because the teacher socked them and... The kid woke up. was like, oh, shoot. Now, you know, it was really on. Mind you, this whole time, the kid has been ready for a fight. So, teacher socked him in the jaw. Kid's like, oh, shoot, it's ready. It's on. Swings on him. I think he hit the teacher once. And the teacher hit him again. Boom. The, the kid fell. Blah, blah, blah. So, the kid get up after he fall. And the teacher's still, you know, socking on him. And at this point, I'm laughing. It was like, you was pressing the issue this whole time. Now, it's like... When a funk come, you're not ready for it. So this whole time, the kid's getting socked. The teacher got the the kid against the wall. The, all the rest of the kids in the class is going crazy, you know, moving around, trying to get out the way. So basically, the teacher is still socking on them, and they're working. So the, the fight started at the beginning, the front of the class. They brought a whiteboard, and the teacher socked him, socked him again. He fell. By the time he fell, he's by the side of the class, and... He's on the right side of the class. And he gets up and the teachers keep socking him again. So by the time he gets done socking him, at this point, they towards the middle of the class, but on the right side. Then the kid is trying to get back. He got a couple of swings in on a, a teacher, and they start to work their way back towards the front. Now at this point, the kid gets knocked down again, and the teacher is still socking on him. And by this time, you know, the security guards and the school and, you know, other students, whatever, interfere. I think it's like a principal or something comes in. But basically, in their aftermath of this, the, the teacher was arrested for uh, child abuse. Um, Now, my whole thing, well, before I get into that. So, he was arrested for, for that and... In the event of that, people raised, I think it was a hundred, because he was he was arrested and obviously the, the schools uh, parted ways with him, but he the people that started GoFundMe for him, I believe they raised over a hundred and forty thousand dollars for him since the time of the incident. Now this incident happened last week. Uh, mind you, this teacher is is out of work because of this. Um, which I felt this is great because. He's a black teacher. We don't see too many things. This is going back to the race thing. We don't see too many things like this happen within our community. Now, I don't know if all the people who raised the money for him was black. I wouldn't be surprised. 
But I'm not going to go out and say that it was only black people because I didn't look at the donors of the GoFundMe. But just the fact that the recipient is black is great in itself. So who shout out to that teacher? A lot of people, you may be listening to this and you be like, no, not who shout out. He should never put his hand on that child. I felt that way kind of, but you guys also from listening to this podcast, you guys know how I feel about certain people standing inward. So from this kid, and it wasn't nigger, it was nigga that the kid was saying, but you guys know how I feel about both words anyways. I feel like the N-word, the uh, hard R should never be said, and I feel like nigga should be limited or exclusive to one uh, type of demographic. But with all that being said, that's kind of why I'm justifying that kid getting a sock, because you never should have been calling him N-word. Teacher probably never should have hit the kid, which is like, at a certain point, it's just like, I don't know where the teacher is from. I don't know the teacher's background, but just how he reacted, I wouldn't be surprised if he came from some type of hood, some type of ghetto, because it's like you can only go, you can only withstand someone pressing an issue for so long before you take action with only self. Because it's like either you going either he gonna hit you first or you gonna hit him first, and you don't want to be a recipient of a one uh, punch knockout. So you gotta take your chances and hit him first. Granted, he he had more power over him because he's an adult and his child is 16 years old. But if you watch the video, the kid was, he basically warranted it. Um, if you haven't seen the video yet, you can find it somewhere on social media. You can probably find it on Google or uh, YouTube. So definitely look that up. I want to hear you guys' thought. But just like, when you're squaring up with somebody and you're pulling your pants up on somebody and you call him a nigga and you're not black. And it's like, he got what he deserved, so... Who shout out to that teacher for for? <laughs> now I sound horrible saying that, but who shout out to that teacher for uh, socking on that kid, putting him back in this place? Sometimes you know you got to get socked out. I feel like that's one thing that this generation has been missing. Not even that that generation. Um, my generation as well, Generation Z and Millennials. A lot of people not getting beat up, and this is coming from somebody who I haven't been in too many fights and. How old am I? 25? I haven't been in too many fights in the past seven or eight years. Because I'm also more calm than I was when I was younger. Like, I used to get into a lot of fights when I was in middle school and a little bit when I was in elementary. Um, when I got to high school, that kind of died down. Because literally, like, I was in high school for a hot month before I had a girlfriend. So, that probably slowed me down my freshman year. Because I was so... Tied up and you know Being in that was like my first time Being in a long time relationship Not even a long time relationship but I was 14 years old And I was in a relationship for a year so that's kind of Seemed much of a long time but because of that That kind of slowed me down from you know Certain things and also at the same time I was playing basketball Um, I played basketball all four years in high school I also ran track so I think a lot of Stuff kept me from being so Hot headed as I used to be Previous to going to high school so that kept me on a, a certain track. Um, graduating high school, I got into a, I got into a couple fights um, within that time from me graduating and going to the Air Force. And then now it's just like I'm, I'm real laid back. I'm really in a like I thought that was a long term relationship at 14, at 25. I'm really in a long term relationship now. But it was just like I'm not, I'm not pressing an issue. I like I, I I know what I can do, and I'm very confident in what I can do. So I, I don't press too many issues, but it's like if you're gonna provoke me, then we would gotta handle it. And also, it's like I don't tolerate disrespect. So it's like 
if you're disrespecting me, then obviously, obviously you have to answer to something. Um, words can only do so much, but just like at 25, I don't fight too much. But a lot of people my age have never been in. A lot of people my age have never been in a fight. A lot of people my age have never been beat up. A lot of people my age haven't been in confrontations past talking and pushing and waiting for someone to separate something. Um, a couple weeks, a couple weeks ago, I was playing basketball at my school, and I seen this happen. It was an older dude. I think the dude probably like my age. I always hoop with him. Um, I don't really know him personally, but I know he's like my age. And a couple of other duels, and they were just like going back and first drawing at each other. And it's like this whole time, like mind you, I, I play basketball. It's like I'm not as good as I used to be, but I play basketball to get a good workout. And uh, it's like. We got a, I got a, I'm on a team. We got two wins, and it's two other teams. One team that just lost, another team that that's coming on, that that's fighting or not even fighting, arguing. And it's like, all right, now y'all wasting my time because I come here on Wednesdays to hoop. Um, I try to get a couple good runs in for the cardio and for the workout, and I can get home and do whatever else I got to do. I usually record my podcast on Wednesdays. It's like now, nigga, gotta get home and record this podcast, and y'all want to sit up here and argue, and y'all wasting my time. But basically, what happened was, it was like, these two people got into each other, and it was just a lot of arguing, just on the court. And it's like, they yelling, one dude was saying, tell this dude to get out of my face. Another dude was yelling, like, oh, what you gonna do? And it's like, at that point, it's like, dog, y'all grown men. It's like, if y'all gonna fight, fight. It's like, we right now are in a basketball gym on a college campus to where we have to, you have to have an ID to get in. And... And on our gym at St. John's, you have to hand them your ID in order to even go to the basketball court. So, obviously, we have security guards and stuff like that. So, it was like, y'all yelling to see which authority is going to come out first to break it up. It's like, at a certain point, words is only going to do so much. And that was the same thing I saw a lot in high school. It was like, niggas would be arguing and niggas didn't get shoving masters because nobody really wanted. And I think it's not even, I don't want to sound like I'm just so hard and like that because I don't think anyone actually likes to fight. Um, I know I don't actually like to fight, but I'm very confident in what I can do. But it's like nobody actually likes to fight, and you all and you see that a lot within this generation. These niggas is soft, and they just don't like to fight. So it's like we get into shoving. I'm not saying we. I ain't never been in a shoving match, but we get into shoving matches. Um, we get into arguments just to see who can who gonna break this up first. We don't actually want to escalate, and I've seen that a lot in my time, and I think that's one thing that's wrong within these two generations, as far as millennials and Generation Z. Niggas don't get whooped enough, and niggas don't get beat up enough. So you're not getting any punishment at home. You're not getting any punishment in the street. So now we have niggas out here wilding, doing whatever they want, disrespecting whoever they want, saying whatever they want. Because who gonna punish them? Um, that's my take on it. That's what's wrong with these two generations. Uh, I'm gonna talk about a little bit of sports. Maybe I get into music, and I'm gonna get out of here. Um, now I ain't even gonna talk about sports. I say sports for the next time. Basically. College basketball started back up last night. It's going to be very, very exciting this year. If you don't pay attention to college basketball, you're missing out on a lot just because it's probably one of the – what just one team specifically. Like Duke has three of the top maybe five players who are going to be in the draft next year um, on one team. They blew out Kentucky, which I kind of expected. Um, my UCLA Bruins, we got our first win, which is not too much because we play against a trash team. But – Chris Wilkes had a great game, which I was, I've been telling people since before the season even started that this is going to be a huge hit year for him. So 
I'm definitely excited to see what he do because I believe he's a lottery. Uh, he's a lottery talent. Just because of his size, just because of his skill set, and his poise for him to be so young. I think he's going to be really nice this year, and I think he'll be really nice in the NBA. Um, what else I got to say? St. John's also got their first win. Um, I'm excited to see what they do this year because they finally have a team that's talented in the starting position, and they also have a, a decent uh, bench for the first time in Mullins' coaching career. And also, this is a make or break year for Coach Mullins. So, I'm definitely going to – I cheer on the school I go for, but I'm still – I'm a UCLA fan, diehard UCLA fan. That's always going to be my number one team. But for the fact that I go to a school that's a D1 uh, basketball team and one of the probably top five conferences within basketball, um, top three historically, I'm definitely excited for this college basketball season. You guys know that baseball ended. I don't remember why I said it last week, but a uh, huge shout-out to the Astros. They won the World Series. Guys already know it's fuck football, so I ain't going to speak about them. College football is still going on. Uh, Alabama faced who was supposed to be their toughest challenge in LSU this past weekend, and they blew them out. So it's safe to say, safe to say that Alabama, once again, is grown men playing a damn kid sport. Uh, what else am I going to get into? The Lakers still suck. My Bulls suck as well. The Celtics is not as good as everyone thought they was. The Sixers are declining. Kawhi looks that's one thing. Kawhi looks really great, which is uh, which I'm glad about because he received a lot of hell last year for all the drama that was going on within San Antonio for his injuries. A lot of people don't take his injuries serious. Um and a lot of people didn't expect him to come back to be as great after missing uh so much time. But huge shout out to him because he essentially with him was going to San Antonio, he put his health first and, and his plan forward within this season. Um that Toronto team looks good. Look as good as they were in previous seasons with DeMar and De- and Dwayne Casey, but they don't have DeMar no more and they don't have Dwayne Casey. But they got Kawhi and Kawhi is looking he's looking good. He's looking good, man. That team itself it looks great. But um I'm excited to see what he does this season. I hope he stays healthy. Um just for the simple fact that, you know, a lot of people we're talking. We're talk, uh, it was a lot of talk about Kawhi last year, just because of his his holdout from his health. He didn't want to play. Uh, he didn't want to jeopardize his health, just because of you know he had to. I already explained the cycle with Kawhi going on San Antonio. Him going to get the second opinion on his injury. Them not them uh, not properly diagnosing his injury and him sitting out and basically an entire year for him to come back this strong is definitely great for him. Um, the Warriors being the Warriors. They blew up my Bulls this last week. I would be fake if I didn't mention that. But we got blown out. Klay Thompson broke the three-point. Um, he broke the three-point record. He hit 14 three-pointers against us. He dropped 52 that game. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. We are injured. So a lot of people like to talk about my Bulls and how bad we're doing. Nigga, we injured. Our coach is trash. Our front office is historically trash. But our best player in Laurie Markin is injured. Um, thank God it's November because he's coming back soon. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing um, how he plays alongside Levine. Levine, who was having a great year thus far, 
we just gave him we just signed him um we gave him an extension this past summer so we're definitely getting our money's worth um our point guard who i'm not a fan of but if you're a point guard you're a point guard our starting point guard is injured so we damn we have cameron Payne running our point guard um this whole season cameron Payne, if you know anything about him he has been known for nothing within his entire basketball career other than dancing on Russell Westbrook. He's been in the league for about three or four years, and literally that's the only thing that people know about him is he danced with Russell Westbrook. So that just says enough about his uh, his basketball ability. And also, this brings me back to the draft night to where I was saying I hope that they got Aaron Holiday, and it may be for bias reasons, but now I look back on it. We pass on Aaron Holiday, and we don't have any point guards. Go figures. But, um... Yeah, the Lakers suck as well, so I'm happy about that. You guys don't think about me. You know I'm a Laker hater, even though I'm a LeBron fan, even though I'm a Lonzo fan. Um, I still get to hate on Lakers when they're doing bad. Obviously, when they're doing good, you're not going to hear too much about me. You're not going to hear too much from me. Just for the simple fact that, in that case, I'm kind of fake. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm definitely going to talk about when they lose or when they win. I'm, I'm going to give LeBron and Lonzo the pop. Also, they shine, uh, shout out to Tyson Chandler. Um, I ain't gonna call him a Comptonado, but he's a Dominguez alumni. Um, if you don't think about Dominguez, Dominguez was historically one of the best. Um, not gonna say one of the best. Dominguez was historically the best high school in California for many years. Um, they were always one of the top in the nation. They fell off in the last decade, but he's uh from Dominguez. Which is huge uh, for him to return. He got signed by the Lakers. It's some, definitely something that they need. Um, they probably didn't know they was going to need him just because of how well they didn't. I think when the Lakers signed JaVale McGee, they weren't sure of how well he was going to play. But JaVale McGee has been playing his ass off this season, which is definitely great for him. Shoot, huge shout out to him. Someone who's been, who was a, a staple in Shaq and the Fool every night. He's now one of the best players on. Uh, one of the most talked about. I ain't gonna say one of the best teams because they ain't one of the best one of the best teams. But he's one of the best players on one of the most talked about teams, one of the most relevant teams in basketball. So who shot out for him turning his career around? Um, what else am I missing? Oh, Leandro, not Leandro, Lamelo Ball announced that he's going back to high school this year to finish his senior year and play basketball, which I found was kind of interesting because this is kind of like. I ain't going to go too much into it because we're getting close to the hour mark and I don't want to drag you guys along for too much. But I think this kind of LeVar's admission of guilt. If you know anything about the Ball family, LeVar took LaMelo out of high school after his sophomore year because of um, a dispute with the coaching, the coaching change that was going on within the high school, a high school who his boys have made prominent within the last four or five years. They had a coaching change. And they had a style change that came within that coach. And basically, the coach was trying to limit um, LaMelo Ball. And so, LaVar pulled him out of high school. And he just homeschooled him. And he said he was just going to allow him to you know, play the AAU circuit. Um, that eventually didn't happen because he took him. He signed a contract to play for professional team Lithuania. Did the season there. Came back home. And they started to JBA. So, he played the season in JBA. And now he's back in high school. So what I think this is a mission to guilt for because I think LaMelo Ball is very talented and I think a lot of people do know that whether whatever you think about the the Ball family he's he's young he's very young 
and so he has a lot of raw talent. But he's he's great in his in his playmaking. He doesn't take the greatest shots, but he can shoot, and he has a size as his brother. He may even be taller than Alonzo. But with all that being said, he may be a better version of Alonzo just because he may be taller and he may have a better handle. I don't know if he has a higher IQ than Alonzo does, but his all-around game may be a little bit better um, than Alonzo if he's able to progress within these years. Um, right now, he's not better than him, but he has the potential to be better than him just because he's so young. So it's definitely going to be good. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how his career turns out. But basically, he's returning to high school to play so i'm going to be on the lookout to see how this turns out for him hopefully it turns out for him poor leangelo though because lavaro pulled him out of ucla and that's probably it for him i hate to be negative but it's just like the best thing that could have happened for leangelo the brother who people say is probably the worst as far as talent goes ucla probably was probably the best bet for him to get any type of recognition as far as being on a pro stage. I don't know if he's ever going to make it to the pros. I don't know if he's ever going to make it to the G League. But it's hard to imagine that he will be able to with not being at UCLA, with not going the UCLA route. Um, Yeah, man. I don't really have too much else to say. I'm trying to think if I miss anything. I miss a lot of music, but I also didn't expect this... Uh, episode to go this long but you know a lot of music come i told you guys last week anderson pack anderson pack dropped november 16th that's my early candidate for uh challenger challenger nipsey hustle for album of the year uh vince staple dropped a surprise project this past week which is pretty good told you guys about the apollo and joel ortiz um i listened to law uh, i missed I, I was sleeping on a young Dolph album that young Dolph um role models was that's just hard. I was sometimes I I have I have a playlist of music that I listen to that I work out with, and sometimes I listen to albums when I work out. If if the album meets the um the certain type of the certain type of energy that I need, so I heard a lot about that Young Dolph album, but I never took my time to listen to it. So this past week, once I once I was in the gym. I was like, you know, let me give it a chance because I know for sure it's going to be a high-energy album. So let me check this out and see what it's talking about. Man, this Young Dolph album hard. So if you had a chance, check out that role model. Uh, another album that I know that I was sleeping on, but I just haven't found my way to listen to it. I haven't um, worked my way around it was that Mozzie album. Mozzie, uh Gangland Landlord. The album was pretty hard. I'm not, well, not going to say hard. The album was pretty good. I only listened to it once, so I don't have too much to say about it. I got to give it a couple more spins before I do dissect or anything like that. But it was pretty good, that Gangland Landlord. I told you guys about Apollo and Joel Ortiz last week. Um, what else? Am I missing anything? Yeah, man, that's that's really all I got for you guys this week. Um, my what to watch for this week is the Shut Up and Dribble sh- uh, show on Showtime, I believe, that LeBron directed. I've been waiting for this to come out. I haven't even listened. I haven't watched it yet, so it's kind of um, is that proactive? Understand it? Yeah, it's kind of proactive in the um, me saying this. But my what to watch this week is "Shut Up and Dribble" by LeBron James. Uh, I said by LeBron James, directed by LeBron James. Um, my best kept secret for this week is "By the Grace of God" by Joel Ortiz, which is on that 
Mon Lisa project that I told you guys about last week. So once again, my best kept secret is more. It, wow, my best kept secret is by the grace of God by Joel Ortiz and Apollo Brown. Um, I'm gonna get out of here. Once again, thank you guys for listening. Whether it's on Apple, Google Play, SoundCloud, wherever the case is, I appreciate you guys for tuning in every week. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you're leaving me comments, giving me feedback. I appreciate all of it. I welcome all of it. Thank you guys once again. You guys have a one. Um, you guys have a great week. I'm out. in a barrel just chose to do my climbing in barbed wire ankles i was winning half the battle i'm from where the worst thing that you could ever do is tattle they'll zip your mouth shut and zip you up and skedaddle i used to walk through the peas and jump from my own shadow the mountain bike niggas a clap you try to haggle for that chain or that bracelet or that watch or that ring is off the chain brace yourself and watch out when it ring gum wrappers in my mouth folded up like fronts i even took them shits out when i rolled up my blunts i wanted to be like the dealers Feared like the killers Fresh like the boosters Attitude what the deal is Niggas ask me where I'm from And I'd say Brooklyn proud Wore my Tims all year round And my kush was loud And the police They did the same shit Y'all seeing now Except camera phones wasn't now I'm just a prodigal where the youngins move product We all believe in God, but we look up to the shotters Iron in my goose, test my pride, I let it loose Just boys in the hood that watch menace to society and juice I never wanted to go that route I felt like Cuba in a car without the heart to tell Dota let me out Hope God don't judge me when he judge me The devil work pretty, damn hard to make it ugly No anything that glitter ain't gold But man that ice made all that glitter look cold Thought I was playing without that flicker that glow Now that I'm wise I realize that All I did was hide long as they staring at that chain They won't look inside my eyes and see the pain See the hurt, see the person I disguise Can't write about it all if there's no words that could describe The images in my head that visit me in my bed If I ain't talk to the Lord, man, spiritually I'd be dead By the grace of God, I escaped that place By the skin of my teeth I'm here though